Buongiorno, buonasera. And actually, what I should be saying is Buon Capodanno. Buon Capodanno. <laughs> Bravo, Tommaso. That means Happy New Year. We hope you had as good of a New Year as could be expected during our COVID times again. Um, we decided, because of COVID, to have just, well, it was supposed to be four people, but in the end, only three additional friends could come. But we decided to go full-on Italian fest. Absolutely. <laughs> we had two different pasta sauces. One, one with melanzane, eggplant. The other, a sauce called sugo di Roma. That mild neighbor in Milano, Susanna, gave me that recipe too. And that is Tommaso's absolute favorite. Which we talked about in a previous episode. I believe I'm we not did. quite sure which one, but we gave away... The secret sauce, so to speak. Yes. So, Tommaso makes sugo di Roma. I made the melanzane. We had uh, Brunello dal Montalcino from Nostra Vita, the vineyard we spoke about last episode. So, to the family from Nostra Vita, we celebrated this new year with your Brunello. Thank you so much. We also had a bottle of Chianti. Mm-hmm. And let's back up and say we started the evening with... Aperol spritz. <laughs> you know, Naturally. It seems we drink a lot, but we actually don't. We just talk about it here. We don't over drink, but we do try it all. We do try it all. How about y- that? Yes, correct. Our aperitivo was a cheese board that Linda brought, and she went on this recent trip with me, the second kitten club. Kitten club, so too. So she had some, um, you know, experience with the aperitivo. So <laughs> she did a fantastic job, and we made the most of our New Year's Eve and pretended we were in Italy and it was fantastico. (laughs) Delicioso. Yes, it was. Everything about it was good and we hope you had the same. Any any excuse to make sugo di Roma? Yes. Now we're on a diet. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) As is everyone. Moving on. We, oh, before... I actually start into episode number... 30. What? Yes. That sounds so exciting. Yes. I know there's other podcasters out there with like episode 247, but to us, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 30 episodes. And we keep getting more and more listeners and more and more emails. And it's so fun and encouraging and just awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Anyway, before we start with that, I want to tell you something quickly. I have two different groups of people, two clients, I should say, uh, in Italy currently. One family is returning today and the other is coming back on Wednesday. So next episode, I'll let you know what they told me about the COVID precautions now that they're there during this recent variant of Omicron. As we mentioned, it was fantastic when we were there and Italy really had their act together. So I'll let you know next episode how they handled it this time. Okay. All right. So we ended episode 29 in Tuscany after that amazing lunch at La Bandita in the village of Pienza. And I want to carry on about the rest of that fantastic day. But just the other day, this woman from New Zealand who has 
religiously listened to all of our podcasts once she found us and then realized that she knew us. And has been in our house. That goes back Years to the, ago. the medium-sized cocktail party. Not a small world. Exactly. So we met her years ago here on the little island of Jamestown. And she now lives in New Zealand. And she listens to our podcast because she wants to go to Italy this summer. So after this last episode, she wrote me. And in all uppercase, it was like, La Bandita in Pienza. I can't believe it. So she told me this story that she was there years ago during the Festival of the Goose in Pienza. I don't know what month that is. I didn't Google that. I did just email her two minutes ago and asked her when it was. But they have this Festival of the Goose in Pienza, which is such a beautiful medieval village in between Multipulciano and Multalcino. So they have all kinds of events during the Festival of the Goose. But in this one particular case, they had like a 5K or 10K race and she's quite athletic. So she ran it and she won the only Brit probably there. And she won and they didn't know what to do because one of the prizes was like this 50 pound wheel of Pecorino (laughs) and they were just cruising around on a vacation. So what to do with it? I think she split it up and sent it off. But she said out of all of her travels that weekend, the festival of the goose in Pienza was one for the record books. She was thrilled when she heard me mention La Bandita because that's where they stayed. There's all, they also offer accommodations. Anyway, so there you have it. If anyone's into 5K, 10K and gooses, go to Pienza. You can win some. If you're really good, you can go win a 50-pound wheel of Pecorino. <laughs> okay, so after our lunch, the amazing lunch I described with that pesto and that one big, huge ravioli, etc., We were with my friend, Paolo, remember? And after that lunch, Paolo said, okay, we're going on a truffle hunt. And again, I have mentioned that I've sent several clients on truffle hunts. I know friends that do truffle hunting all the time. It's a huge thing in Italy and it happens during the fall and it's a religion to them. So Paolo said, let's go truffle hunting. I thought, okay, let's go never done it. And, you know, I like mushrooms enough. Okay, we'll go. And I like dogs. So we, the plan was that we would follow Paolo in our Fiat Tipo into the countryside. And he's in his car in front of us. And the drive was idyllic, like the quintessential Tuscan landscape of rolling hills and newly harvested crops, cypress trees, the bluest skies. It was just perfect. And there were harps hardly any cars on the road because of the time frame, even though it was truffle hunting season. So Paolo all of a sudden took a left onto this random dirt road and there was another car and out gets Pierre Paolo, the truffle hunter. And this man, Pierre Paolo, was totally tricked out in the sleekest, most chic Italian camo truffle hunting outfit (laughs) I've ever seen. Dolce or Armani? (laughs) Who knows. Good question. I never asked. But the four of us girls in our t- in our Fiat Tipo were like, who knew? <laughs> who knew this was going to be so fashionable? <laughs> so anyway, Pierre Paolo was pleasant, nice, but he got, uh, you know, in his car, back in his car, and we got into Paolo's car and followed him and his dogs to a 
area, I don't know, 10, 15 kilometers away. All of a sudden we pull into this field, who knows whom owns it, but we get out and he opens the back of his car and there's three dogs. We're like, oh, and they're in cages, but they're kennels, whatever. They're used to it. They were all small. They're all cute and all excited. Just like, who gets to go? And I thought we'd have all three, but he only opened the kennel to one and this dog's name was Spoonia. I'll explain that in a, in a minute. But the oldest dog, the most successful dog, I forget her name, Pierre Paolo told us she couldn't come because, quote unquote, she's having a bad day. <laughs> We're like, oh, shame, because she was so cute. She looked just like a pro. And then the other dog had done a truffle hunt that morning. So we just had Spoonia. And let me describe what Spoonia's name means. It's a sponge. So I asked him, Pier Paolo speaks no English, so I asked him in Italian, what does Spugna mean? And he goes, well, you know, we all are secretive about our dogs and where we get them and how they're bred and who they came from, other famous truffle hunters and truffle hunting dogs. So I got this one who's supposed to be amazing, right? And I bring her home in the first week or so, I put down a beer. Next thing you know, I hear... Turn around, (laughs) turn around and Spoonia, the puppy, had drank the entire glass of beer. She passed out and he thought, hmm, wonder how good she's going to be. (laughs) Spoonia. (laughs) Not your typical name for a truffle hunting dog, but Pierre Paolo wasn't your typical truffle hunter either. So anyway, we started to walk just away from the other dogs so they wouldn't get jealous that they weren't on the job. And after he described what Spunia's name meant, he said, well, the reason I did choose her and the reason most of us choose our truffle hunting dogs is because you know that they're bred well if they have the secret sauce. We're like, what does that mean? And he goes, well, this is a Total secret. No one knows, but of course, I'm sure everyone knows. And now I'm sharing. Now people it. in 63 countries will know, <laughs> right? Or it could be a fable, a whole wise tale. He told me, but he said that professional truffle hunters, the old school guys, when when the female dog breeds a new bunch of puppies, the truffle hunter takes a freshly caught truffle, cuts it slices it and rubs the fresh truffle on the nipple of the baby mama Hmm. so that when the puppies are eating, breastfeeding, they know what a truffle is from day one. From day one, get the scent. Right. So this could be a whole, I bet you a lot of my Italian friends might be laughing right now, or maybe they're like, oh, somebody told the truth, the, the (laughs) the secret sauce. I don't know. So anyway, after he explained all that, we stood in this field and he got out this book and the Paolo, my friend, who is trilingual at least, he was explaining everything, translating everything to the other women. And I know nothing about truffle hunting, so good thing he was there. And Pierre Paolo illustrated a book. We didn't know that till the end, but he had this beautiful book with illustrations and they were perfect and they were simple and succinct. And all of a sudden he just kept changing each page, describing it. Paolo would translate. It was all about the process, how they grow, where they grow, why, when, how the dogs find them, everything about truffles. And I thought, well, that was brilliant. 
to show something by an illustration, especially since probably 25, 35% of his time, he's giving truffle hunts to foreigners that don't speak Italian, Mm -hmm. maybe even more. So it was great. And then at the end, I found out he illustrated himself. And I was like, wow, on top of his super fashionable camo outfit, he's also a really good (laughs) artist and funny and nice. So then he started to explain what we're going to do in Italian and how we're going to do it and all about it. And he was going on and on. His arms were flailing. I mean, it was like a 10-minute soliloquy on what we're about to do. And then Paolo just looks at us. He goes, okay, and now we're going to start. (laughs) And with that, everyone's like, what? He just went on for 10 minutes and that's it? And Paolo turns and looks at us. He kind of rolled his eyes. He's like, okay, let's just Let's just start. Okay. But anyway, so. Well, it, it illustrates the passion of exactly. Italians. Exactly. The pa- they're so passionate about what they do. Right. But it, when you see an Italian with his arm, he, her arms flailing, and they're so demonstrative and excited and enthusiastic, you're like, you, if you don't speak the language, you want to know what it is. Right. I knew what he was talking about, but they didn't. And they're like, what? In the end, all that for <laughs> one sentence? But anyway, so then he finally said, okay, before we start, I just want to say have a good vibe about it because yesterday he had a Canadian couple, the day prior to our visit, he had a Canadian couple with the older dog, the one that wasn't having a good day. Um, The diva. The diva. She found white truffles. So white truffles are much more elusive for lack of a better word well rare let me just digress for one second but when we were in rome which we'll get into at a later episode i was in rome we had that wonderful meal and i had the carpaccio and they asked if i wanted shaved white truffles on it but i balked at the price 18 euros (laughs) extra so i said no you should have i should have said in hindsight i should have said yes what's 18 euro i know anyway i'll be back (laughs) So he explained that the Canadian couple brought good luck and they found white truffles and he was so excited and just thrilled. He's like, and I'm hoping the same for today. So I look around and as I mentioned before, my, well, one of my guests, Samantha, who's mid thirties, quite attractive. And she also had on quite a fashionable outfit, I must say, to be truffle hunting and both Paolo's noticed, <laughs> hard to miss her. So I said, well, in Italian, to Pier Paolo, I said, well, if you find us white truffles today, I will give you Samantha. <laughs> his eyes lit up. His eyebrows like went to the top of his hairline. He stood straighter. All of a sudden, he's trying to look younger. I don't know what it was, but he got so excited at this thought. And we just laughed and we're like, ha, oh, oh. And he... He was like, you're on. on. Samantha's giggling like, okay, no problem. So we started walking and he'd stop and ramble a few more minutes and was all animated. And we're watching Spoonia go around and it was just fun and fine, a beautiful day. And Spoonia was successful within like five minutes. She found some truffles, all black ones, but dug, 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 and then that got Pierre Paolo excited and the rest of us. So we thought this is going to be fun. 
but he's so funny and animated and has such a bond with his dog, Spugna. So in Italian, he starts saying, die, Spugna, die, 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 Spugna, die. So all of a sudden I hear Charlene or Sally in the background going, why would he tell the dog to die? (laughs) I just burst out laughing. I didn't even think about it. It didn't even dawn on me. Die stems from the verb dare, which means to give. So it doesn't make any sense that the word die can be used for um, a phrase. It's, It's one word, but it can be used for the thought of do it, go, let's go, come on, die, 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 do it, do it, do it. So he was saying to Spoonia, let's go, do it, do it, keep going, die, die, die. And so that was funny to me and Paolo, my friend Paolo, who realized, oh, that's true. When someone hears that in English, that sounds weird. So I went, die, Spoonia was then our like catchphrase for the rest, the rest of the trip. <laughs> like in bad traffic in Rome, one of them in the backseat goes, die, Spoonia. <laughs> it was really funny. So anyway, between all the truffles that Spoonia found, Pier Paolo's hysterical antics, his animated expressions, his body language, and our my friend Paolo translating everything, even Paolo was laughing. It was so much fun, and maybe it was only a couple hours, but he just kept walking in this field, and then we'd get the truffles, and he'd give us each a couple handfuls, I mean, you know, two or three we had each, and he said we could save them and take them home. What are we going to do with a truffle? But we did take them home, and we had them for breakfast the next day. But anyway, it was fun, and funny and entertaining. And he kept explaining the whole time about this specific type of vegetation that they're growing next to, the soil, the weather, the climate, the hills. We were on these sloping hills, everything about it. The difference between finding truffles in the shade and the sun and under what kind of foliage. It was awesome, but fun and entertaining. And die, Spoonia, die, Spoonia the whole time. And every time Spoonia would get one, She'd dig, 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 and then he'd have to, she'd finally come up with it, and then he had to pry it out of her mouth. Like her, I don't know about other truffle hunting dogs, but Spoonia was not going to give these up (laughs) at all. And her teeth were like clenched, and he'd pry her mouth open and get it out, and he'd put it in her hand. It'd be all goopy from her mouth and whatever, and it was so much fun. And then finally, after each significant dig to get a truffle, he'd go, okay, vieni qua, Spugna, come here, Spugna. And he'd reach in his pocket of his cool camo outfit and come out with a piece of stale bread (laughs) as a treat. And all of us have dogs. And we're like, that's it? Like he's not getting right? Like a little piece of, you know, grilled steak or something? We wouldn't have given that to Ollie. But he... Spoonia's Italian. I see. see right? See, and so fresh made bread a day or two earlier okay. was all he needed. Right. And some olive oil on it. Right. <laughs> Probably had a little pecorino cheese mm-hmm. rubbed into it. Mm-hmm. So Spoonia was so happy. We were so happy. We just had so much fun. And he gave us a handful of truffles to go. 
it was just lovely, lovely. And the amount of laughter between Di Spunia and Pierre Paolo's future plans for his new wife, <laughs> new wife, Samantha, <laughs> made for the most entertaining afternoon I think I have ever had. And I, I believe I mentioned this before, like I have sent clients on travel hunts, friends that go on travel hunts, but none of them have ever said to me like, oh my God, that was the most fun three, four hours ever. And this was. So after our truffle hunt and our fantastic lunch, I thought, well, that's probably it for our day. And we'll drive back to our beautiful villa and relax and hang out and have some Brunello. But no, Paolo goes, no, 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 come on. I'm taking you to my friend's cheesemaking facility. They've been in business since early 1960s, family-run place. They just make pecorino from sheep's milk. And he explained there's a few varieties, even though it's all from sheep, but it depends on the region it's made in, how long they've been aged, etc. So we drive up to this family-run little cheesemaker. It was so... And you didn't have to run a 5K or a 6 or no, 10K before. No, didn't have to oh, do anything. Good, we drove good, there. Good, good, <laughs> And Paolo was still driving us all around because at this point, he's like, I want to show you a few more things. I thought, wow, how generous. So we went to the cheesemaker. We had a cheese tasting of maybe five different pecorinos. One was a morbidi, means soft. The other had more salty. And then one had been aged, like the wheel of it had been aged in tomato. So there's like it had a red-ish rind to it. They were all delicious we didn't know which ones to buy. So each of us took turns and we bought basically one of each knowing that we had already decided to not go to a restaurant that night. We had been the night before in Motalcino and it was so perfect, that delicious little trattoria. Instead, we decided we have Brunello in the car and we're buying cheese. So we were going <laughs> to stay in that villa with that amazing fireplace from, you know, I don't know, 12th century. And we're just going to hang out. We had the villa to ourselves. So why go out? So funny enough, before I um, came upstairs. Can I ask you a question, please? Yes. I I believe Pecorino is the base for Couchoy Pepe, correct? See. Yeah. Uh Now, now it's all coming together. (laughs) My taste, Cacho and Pepe my pasta. Taste, my taste buds are just yeah. Uh huh. We can't make that here. No, I don't think. I know. I think I'd slaughter it. We well, need real pecorino from Toscana. Anyway, okay. That's that's for another story. We'll we give it a try again. Okay. Anyway, right before I came up to do this episode, I found my invoice from this cheesemaker, sixty-two euro <laughs> worth of pecorino I bought. You didn't see a piece of it by the time you showed up down in Brindisi. No. (laughs) That's like 80 euro, $80 worth of cheese. Snarf. (laughs) We dragged it through Rome, through Puglia, (laughs) Matera. Oh, funny. Anyway, so um, after the fantastic cheese making, cheese tasting, I should say, I thought, okay, for sure that's it. Paolo's going to drive us back to his, to our car, to the Tipo. And he's like, no, 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 one more thing. I just want to take you to another vineyard. Like, okay. So it was toward the other end of wherever we were, toward Multipulciano. And we drove up this 
super long, winding, typical Tuscan drive went from, you know, a paved road to a dirt road to stone, back to dirt, kind of on grass. And then the view is just field after field, hill after hill of vineyards. And the mountains in the background, the medieval villages, it's just so idyllic. And we're like, wow, wow, wow. Anyway, so we came upon this vineyard called Tenuta Valokaya. And it's much larger than the vineyard we had run, uh, that we had visited earlier in the day. But very nice people as well. And interestingly enough, they had artwork everywhere. Just like the vineyard in the morning, Nostra Vita. Because I don't know what it is, but they just, everything about the creative process of making wine is similar to making art and they have an appreciation and love for all of it. So I was really happy to see that I visited two vineyards in one day that had so much art, original art, sculptures, painting, you name it. And it was part of the fabric of the vineyard. And I have never seen that in a vineyard in the United States. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like different and unique. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was an added plus because, you know, we love art. Right. We had a lovely wine tasting with Julia and she had us try their Vino Nobili di Montepulciano, the Valocaia, their namesake, and I Quadri. Out of the three, I chose I Quadri and one of the women and I um, shared a case of that and had it shipped home. We just had a bottle of that last week. Very nice also, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so special to say, oh, tonight we're having a glass of uh, Equadri from Toscana. Yes. <laughs> As yes. opposed to the liquor store down the way. Yes. No offense. No offense. Anyway, so while we were finishing our tasting and ordering what we were going to have shipped home, the managing director showed up and he started chatting with us. And let me just say this. He is originally from Napoli. And like the Napolitani and the Sicilians, <laughs> these people speak fast, okay? Fast, like rapid fire fast. He was very nice, very engaging, very excited that there were four Americans here with Paolo. Everyone in Tuscany seems to know Paolo. And he was just really, really pleasant. But he, I struggled to keep up with him. I struggled to understand him. But he just kept going on and on and on. So I just, at one point, was almost faking it. (laughs) So if you're listening to this podcast, Giovanni, I want you to know you have the distinction of being in my record books as about the second (laughs) fastest speaker I've ever met in my life. So there Uh was that. uh 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 (laughs) I don't get that. Well, you know, if someone's talking fast. Oh, I see. No, in that case, I was like, Capito. Oh, see. Uh Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, we finally, Paolo drove us back to our Fiat Tipo and we finally said goodbye and thanked him profusely for one of the most fantastic days I think I've ever had. I mean, we started with a vineyard tasting at Nostra Vita. We had the best lunch. We did truffle hunting. We went to a cheesemaker and then another vineyard in one day. So you're on the move and all of it was so enriching and fun and just it 
it made for truly an experience that none of these women had had before. And in the end, you know, all that diverseness, the truffles and the pecorino and the wine, all center on one thing, your palate. Yes. Fantastic. Good point. Man, we overdid our palate that day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And by the way, the black truffles that Pierre Paolo gave to us, we brought them back to the villa. And the next morning, the lovely woman that made breakfast shaved them ever so finely over the best omelet. It was... Best ever. Best ever. I love saying that, but that's true. It was the best omelet I've ever had with truffles on it. How's that? Anyway, I love referring my friend Paolo to clients because of this kind of experience. So if you're going to Tuscany, if you want this kind of day, week, afternoon, whatever, get in touch with me and I will plan you a trip like no other. (laughs) Paolo is Il Womo. He's the man. (laughs) So there you have it. And our next episode, which will be episode 31, Madonna, um, that will pick up where we left off. Because as I mentioned, we went back to the villa. We had overdose of Pecorino and Brunello di Montalcino. Truffle on omelets. Truffle on omelets the next morning. Slept like babies. It was great. And then we left and drove through Valdorcia, that section of Tuscany that is so quintessential, all the images you see of those cypress trees lining the the drives. And oh my God. So we left there, the villa, and did that drive through there. And let me say, and our destination was Rome. So let me say, driving from the tranquility of Tuscany, the beautiful, tranquil landscape of Tuscany, into Rome. The mayhem of Rome. <laughs> in a Fiat Tipo <laughs> on, hold on, the weekend of the G20, Biden oh. Biden, and everyone showed up, um, Halloween, and... Do they celebrate Halloween over there? Well, yes. A version of it. A version. Yes. They definitely do. So it was the G20, Halloween, and... Well, the G20 could be confused with Halloween. <laughs> True. Just, just kidding. And there were manifestaciones, which means um, protests. Pro- protests. There were several protests by... S- thousands of people about climate change and how governments around the world aren't doing enough. Aren't doing enough. And then there was a small protest by um, dock workers, union workers from the shipyards and stuff about COVID. So between G20, Halloween, two protests, driving into Rome in our Fiat Tipo after leaving Tuscany was like, whoa, okay, we're here. It was crazy mayhem, but there was this like electric vibe to it. And we thought, okay, we're about to have four fantastic days. (laughs) And we did. So that will be our next episode. Roma. Roma. Tom is still learning to roll his tongue better. Impossible. No, you can do it. I've never been able to do it. Everybody try it home. Roma. (laughs) You'll get there. Anyway, so that's it. We'll see you next week, hopefully. Thank you very much. And once again, we I say this every time. I hate to sound to repeat myself, but we really do appreciate any and all ratings, reviews, 
anything you have because we just want to grow our audience and share the love with even more people. Thank you for everything and grazie mille, buon capodanno e ciao ciao. Ciao ciao.